Hello and welcome to the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me, we got a roundtable to bring out the healer discussion as we head into Endwalker. I'm going to introduce them. I'm going to let them also share a little bit about where you can find them, find their content. Be sure to go and follow them. We're going to start with Momo. Momo, welcome. Uh, this is your first time on the podcast. Cole and I did a little collab. We'll also talk about that in a second. But let's start with you, Momo. Who are you? What do you make? And where can people find you? Um, well, my name is Momo. I go by FFXW Momo on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Uh, I'm a content creator. I've been content creator for five years, on and off. Now, I, I mainly focus on the hardcore slash in-game scene of the game when it comes to raids or anything like that. Um, mainly focusing on healers right now, but you know, I made other guides like the melee optimization guide from Stormblood, and also a healer optimization guide back in Stormblood as well. So you might have seen that. Um, happy to be on the show, though. It's my first time here. Absolutely, man. Guys, if you aren't aware and you're here watching us on YouTube, uh, Momo is, uh, and also Cole are tagged in the uh, title and description, so you should be able to easily follow that. And please go follow them all that they do obviously like momo for the fantastic little uh, anime character they got and uh and the, <laughs> yeah. and the deep voice the deep registry like i tell you i can't get enough um <laughs> i think momo is an og so yeah. like to hear five years we've been around five years and i think <clears throat> of you as one of the people that like when we started it's like that's that's where we're mm. going so yeah. like i don't know why you must have come on to the scene in an really impactful way because like i remember i think i re i just remember that like we were like okay that's that's one of the paths we can go yeah um, so when when i first started content creating there was like it was at a period of time i'm sure if you played like in heavens or anything like that mm -hmm. that you remember like there was no resources yeah. whatsoever <laughs> so like in that sense i got lucky to like kind of like hop onto that train especially when it came to like the uh like the optimization side of things in, in the rating community yeah that's how we grew so fast was Brian put out mm -hmm. a controller guide and people like, it wasn't that it was like, wow, Brian put out the best controller guides. It was Brian put out the only. I don't like you. I'm going to watch your next video now because it's the only one on that subject. <laughs> Literally, it's like we, we looked just kind of a note and we'd search FFXIV in like incognito, like not logged in mode. And it's work to game, work to game, work to game, work to game, Momo, Mr. Happy, work to game. Da, da, da. You know, it's like, and some guys like I'm just tired of you guys, and I'm like, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> our our call for five years is like, game. let's get some more people in here because honestly, I'd love to watch some more content. Mm -hmm. And I just ended up just like saying like, all right, I guess so I'll just mm -hmm. if I somebody's not making what I want to watch, I'll just make it myself. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you got to take it into your own hands. That's right, Cole. Uh, dude. Okay, so yeah, Cole hi. and I did a collab, and it was awesome. Like it was just so much fun. Uh, recently, obviously, discovered you over the last year. I think you've been crushing it, in my opinion, talking about healers, your passion Thank for you. Final Fantasy and healing, uh, I think just bleeds through each and every video. In fact, when uh, we did our uh, media tour coverage, I know uh, WG Productions, awesome uh, guy. Just I, I love Wes, and he's just in here saying, morning, Brian and Cole. Um, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he was like, you got to get Cole and Momo on the podcast. So honestly, uh, he's not a producer of the show, but his production uh, part of his uh, name literally set this in motion because I was like, <laughs> that's a genius idea. You know, like, so... I would love to take credit for great ideas, but I just got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, you guys have been suggesting awesome pairings, and that's kind of how the, the show is going to go forward. That's my slight introduction. Like, that I think does you no, no value. Like, it's... <laughs> but uh, please tell people about yourself for those who haven't heard, uh, and then let's... We got a lot to talk about, especially with the healers. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, actually, this is my first time on camera. If you see me like look here and there and here and there, a lot of people who watch my content are probably just like, wait, he has a face. Although this is the real star of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the person that like is the technician that like drives the characters. So. But um, yeah, for me, I've been creating for actually a little bit over a year now. Um, I've been doing YouTube videos. Likewise, I have been inspired by people like Momo. I have been inspired by both you, Brian and Chris, and just like Mr. Happy Zeppelin. Like this is what inspired me to get into content is just like just the amount of content that everyone makes and just the different types the variety the different angles and it's just like so many different ways to approach or tackle a problem and it really inspired me and it was like it was just during a period of my life where it was just like you know what I was like you know what things didn't quite go the way that I wanted and I'm like you know what why don't we turn this into a positive why don't we use this time and make something so um Oh, did my, oh, my camera just said internal temp high. You're if good. I drop off, I'm going to restart. Oh, you're good. All right. We lost visual <laughs> on it. So for those of you who are listening in the MP3, uh, make sure to give the, the show a five-star rating when you get the opportunity to, we would love it and appreciate any five-star ratings <laughs> that people want to throw our way. Let's go to Chris. Chris, man, you've been leveling the healers. Uh, you've been getting caught up in that, in that world of healing in which that he pretty much his only experience with white major was in PVP at some point. Uh, Chris, what are you working on? Tell people about you who, for some reason, might not know about the two of us. I mean, when it comes to healing, so I my MMO experience is mostly defined by WoW. And in WoW, I was a raid healer and raid range DPS. That's the two roles I alternated between. So when I came to 14, I was expecting to heal. Um, but I came into a group that actually had too many healers. And so I stayed DPS and eventually learned to tank. Um, so I really haven't done that much healing in 14. And the only time we were ever short healers was PVP. So I leveled all the healers to level 30 back when like cross-class skills were a thing. Um, and then I tried them all out in PVP. White Mage felt the best out of the gate. And that's what I did until Shadowbringers. Like I only healed in PVP. Um, the rest of the time I prefer to tank or DPS. So I'm really excited about the healing changes. Um, right now I'm working on just leveling more jobs because an endwalker, I'd like to stop being somebody who only plays like one job in MMOs. That's always been how I played in the past. So I have spent a ton of time prepping. I'm finishing up physical range. So casters are done. Healers are done. Tanks are done. Um, and so I am working on fizz ranged. Excellent. All right, guys, we got a lot to talk about. This is going to be a healer focused podcast, but before we dive in, I'm going to thank some people before, um, just at the start of the show making Podcasts like these possible Plague of D, Redline Gamer, Red Rocket, Dark Wolf, Psycho, Cordell, WG Productions, Keelan, and Luke uh, for their generous support, making uh, this, this show possible, making this channel possible. We couldn't do without you. That's eight podcast legends as the podcasts continue to grow. Uh, podcasts are also brought to you day and day uh, in MP3, so you can search uh, Crystal Core Radio wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, and we should be there. So we appreciate. For all you uh, li listen with us live, helping kind of direct the conversation of the show, and at the same time also listening in MP3, I appreciate you wherever you consume uh, the podcast. And with that out of the way, I, I do want to say, mm -hmm. I'm impressed by the healers. I, I really am. And I want to go around. Let's start with you, Momo. What uh, what stands out to you when it comes to the healers, uh, the changes uh, that you've seen from the Mediator uh, and Sage? Like, you can take it with any specific healer, mm -hmm. any direction that you want to go. Um, I was actually really surprised with the Astrologian changes. Um, mm. To me, Astrologian probably looks the most interesting. Um, Sage looks really cool too. Uh, um, I actually wasn't as excited for Sage uh, at first because to me it was just going to be uh, like another 
scholar in a sense. Uh, and that's actually kind of what it is too. But the playstyle and some of the healing etiquettes of it, like for example, um, peps is being pretty much a reverse emergency tactics where you apply it after you use the shields is really interesting. I think yeah. there's a lot of cool things you're going to be able to do with that. Um, and then Panheim and Heimer are also really cool abilities that we don't actually have in the game. So it has a pretty interesting healing toolkit that's going to be really fun to like uh, maximize its potential with. And then just, you know, all obviously the aesthetic of it is really cool too. I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, Gundam healer. <laughs> but, um I actually agree. I think the healers look really good going into the expansion. I was actually kind of worried uh, because, you know, I was afraid they're going to either remove some abilities or, you know, just not handle it properly in the sense. But I was actually pleasantly surprised and most of the things that I was worried about actually didn't come true. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, I think the 1.5 second cast, cast, cast time change is going to be really good. Oh, yeah, Especially feels good. for like... Like ninety nine percent of the community is gonna like that. Like the one percent is like that. You know the the people who like want that tiny little micro optimization for like you know DPSing on healer. Like yeah, they don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't matter. <laughs> get out of um, here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it looks really good. I'm pretty excited. So cool. What about you? Uh, definitely. I'm honestly really happy that Scholar maintained most of it because I was a little worried and I remember there was a video that I made about like Rip that's Headwalker that circulated around and I was actually kind of worried just because the fairy did have so many issues that like Seraph or Seraph, am I saying it right? I know my comments kind I, of I say Seraph. Seraph. I'm just kind of surprised that they're like still coming forward, which makes me really happy because the Scholar's Toolkit, I have never had an issue with the Toolkit. I love the Toolkit of it in Shadowbringers, but it was just like a matter of like the fairy's a little bit less responsive. It's a little less, it's a little more clunky. You need to summon it when you die. It was all these placements. And so I was pleasantly surprised to see that it was coming actually into Endwalker with uh, all the additions. Um, Knocked Ast, I'm not going to lie. I was really sad about that. I know Knocked Ast is not that popular. Um, when I like talk about it, sometimes I get comments just be like, oh, Knocked Ast, I would never play that. But I was just like, oh my God, like Knocked Ast was right up my alley. But seeing <laughs> the Sage come up, oh, bloody hell. Oh, you're good. Just keep <laughs> going. You're, you're good. Sorry. But uh, with the Sage coming to Endwalker, I was just like, you know what? This is giving me that short cast time. It is giving me the control because one thing that I liked about Knocked Ast was the Celestial Intersection. You could apply a heal over time effect to a particular target that you wanted. And now with the Cardia system, I get to like pick and choose where that goes. And for me, one of the biggest gripes with the scholar was just like the fairy would heal targets. I didn't necessarily care about. It's just like, if there was like a big raid wide coming out, chances are that I already healed them through like something else like sacred soil or through just indom or something like that. And so being able to really direct it was something that was very exciting. Um, other things that surprised me was seeing like barrier regens through the abilities Haima and Panheima. I think that that's a very unique mechanic and I definitely have been, um, very excited about it to say the least my fangirling has leaked all over my channel about that but uh it's going to be very neat i don't think that it's necessarily going to be stronger than seraph in many cases just because seraph is off gcd and it applies the two barriers in succession with constellation but i think that it's going to be really cool to see how that plays out especially with white mage like with their lily bell mechanic i think that i think we're going to see some really janky fun stuff in endwalker it having played it and having all the movement that we experienced just in the dungeon alone, like the sh uh, the shields that regen, what like I I don't want to I know I would say something and it would sound inappropriate, so we'll just call them the, oh, no. the, the high buffs, the high stack. Um, mm -hmm. But then also then tying that into the Lily uh, Bell system in which that you take damage and then it heals and then essentially if you don't take damage then there's still even a bigger 
heal, having them at more reactionary style uh, type skills being placed. Honestly, it feels like it goes right in line. And if the rest of the dungeons and content end up having kind of that that movement style system, I think overall it's going to feel uh, really good. Now, Chris, how much uh, like I know I covered the the healer changes for the channel, but you did get to uh, play all the jobs. Uh, what what do you, what's your takeaway after playing Endwalker? Uh, so as a casual healer, like the first thing is that healing is by far the hardest role for me to feel on a dummy mm -hmm. because it's a reactive thing, right? You're you're dealing with incoming damage. And so on a dummy, it's really hard to test. And we weren't given access to that much level 90 content. And so there really wasn't a chance to kind of test their whole kit. Even if you healed the dungeon, you healed the level 81 dungeon. So you're not getting to see what we're going to spend most of Endwalker playing as. Not to mention that a ton of the way that optimal healers kind of teach all of us that don't really know that much about healing how to heal mm -hmm. comes from knowledge that they learned through things like pandemonium savage which we won't get until you know mid to late december that kind of december 21st ish mm -hmm. timeline and so like i mostly just have questions about how they're all going to be balanced how is the content balanced how much healing is necessary the one and a half second cast time i think does start to say yes like you should absolutely be doing damage when possible and then you should be healing with the remainder and I think that I mostly looked at like, how are the jobs changing that I, based on how much I enjoyed them. I enjoyed Scholar and White Mage as I leveled them. White Mage more than Scholar, but I enjoyed them both a fair bit. Um, and they're both not changing much. In an interview, that's why Yushbi said he didn't talk about Scholar much during the live letter. He's like, we were focused on changes and Scholar didn't change that much because we didn't feel it needed to. Um, and we wanted to spend, it's a limited time. It was already a six and a half hour broadcast. So like we wanted to talk about Sage, which is all new. So they basically cut talking about Scholar because like, hey, you guys know Scholar. And then we all read that as, oh, my God, Scholar has been forgotten as a community. <laughs> it's like, no, no, it's fine. It's no, fine. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is, um, have you seen that good. shield buff on Scholar, though? <laughs> yeah. Huge. He apologized for, like, not talking about Scholar more. He said, I, I understand how you guys were frustrated. From my point of view, this is why I presented it that way. But, like, absolutely could have been done better. Um but I think the big one I'm excited about is Astro. Uh, I don't know if Astro mains are excited about the changes, but like I did not enjoy leveling Astro. I, I just, the whole way up, it just felt awkward the entire way through the leveling process. Um, as I got closer to cap, it felt better and better, but it just felt weird. Like it always felt off. Like I would sink down to a level range and it just felt odd. And I didn't have like a fairy to make up for it. Like, it just never felt comfortable. I would say from like a tanking perspective, it's similar to like Paladin where like it just feels different um, and it can feel really clunky at some level ranges. And so I was really excited to see Astro change a lot. And I wish Scholar, I wish the fairies had changed a little more in light of the summoner changes. I wish the fairies just did something. Like I just wish either fairy was like a preference, like, hey, when you use this one ability, depending on which fairy you have out, there's like some minor difference in how they function. Um, because Summoner got to like go become amazing, a whole new job. And Scholar's like, yeah, cool. So I'm going to do the same thing. So, like that's my initial takeaway um, as a kind of a casual healer player. From a raid perspective, Momo, uh, with the with the Scholar's sprint ability, do you see that being oh, it's broken? Roll? Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Oh, it's it's I I think it's a mistake yeah. getting into the game, honestly. 
I'm of the same mind and people don't believe me. My comments are just like, you're like on copium or something. And I'm like, no, no it's, it's super strong <laughs> because Square Enix will never. So here's the, there's two routes Square Enix can take going forward. Either they make mechanics that aren't tight in movement, which would, you know, kind of dull down the gameplay experience to an extent, which they probably won't do. Or they just make um, these really tight execution mechanics where Scholar is just like innately going to have an advantage because um, they have to balance it around every single healer comp and sometimes Scholar won't be included. So like it's just like an upside expedient. Uh, um, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, it's it's a really strong ability. Mainly going to be focused in progression rating more than like farm because like farm is not really going to be the strongest thing in the world just because like you know what's coming you know how to do things yada 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 maybe like mechanics like um like lion rampant and and e12s yeah. uh he's promise it may be really good on farm but like most of the time it's going to be shining progression for sure especially when learning mechanics for the first time movement's the most undervalued like it's the most undervalued statistic in any game like i play a lot of like tabletop miniature games and people tend to underestimate how important movement is. Um, movement ends up driving a ton of it, especially like you said in progression, because like mm -hmm. Lion, for example, your first time in Lion, you think you need you you know where to go, but if you're <laughs> off at all, you can wipe the raid. Mm -hmm. And so having that sprint, we actually tested it here on the beach in the footage that the Brian's showing. We actually mm -hmm. tested it where I was out of party and Joy cast the spell and then they took off and like, you can read how long it lasts, but actually playing how long it lasts, it's an eternity. Oh yeah, it's an eternity. You, you run for days. And the only thing that it made me think of is like E9S, like being a, like, don't use this ability for the love of God. We're all screwed. Thank you very much for trolling us, Scholar. We appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, Unknown Character says, uh, and thank you so much for the $2, uh, $2 super chat. LOL, I recall Zeno calling the movement speed bad. It's also paired with a defensive up, which I was like, oh, that's actually like that part of it I can see is being very valued. I wonder if mm -hmm. it ends up being because they are two separate buffs. If you don't see it end up being like, I'm going to use this as a debuff. Everybody just right click off that the buff of the sprint. You could. Yeah, um, <laughs> I guess to put in another scenario, um, like let's say you're like you're learning. You guys did Savage, right? Yeah. Um, Chris um, is up to e, uh, just... E11, uh, E12S actually. Sorry, I'm in, I'm in okay. phase two. Okay, Media so actually good, a good example is like E11, right? So like let's say you're progging the mechanic for the first time. You're, you're going through E11 Savage. The first time you see the intermission, while you wouldn't normally use it there after you learn the mechanic, it's very possible for you to use Expedient going into the first intermission just to learn the movement yeah. and give you more time uh, to uh, not get hit by, you know, the swords coming down or, you know, getting to the right side, stuff like that. And that's a really good progression to a learning tool. You can do the same thing for, you know, E10 where, you know, maybe you want to use it for Voidgate too, just to, you know, get in your spots faster, make sure you're in the right spot, yada, yada, yada. Like, it's just there to help you learn in progression, and it's there to give you that breathing room that other healers cannot do. I mean, Brambles to Towers in 9. So, like, yeah, the entire tier, too. Perfect. That, like, really sloppy Brambles to Towers, like, that's why the different Bramble layouts are preferred, is because, like, it's how easy is it to get to Towers, but... Like, if you have Sprint on, you got all the time in the world. I think where it'll get used long-term, like, it's interesting to see somebody say that, you know, they heard Zeno didn't really like it because, like, my understanding is that Zeno likes to watch a tank greed. And so I think where it'll get used long-term is maximizing that uptime. Um, because Melee, being able to kind of dodge that, like, being able to kind of greed that extra little bit of damage. Um, you for know, the Melees. Like essentially, for the Melees. Yeah. For Melees. For Melees and tanks. Like, that's... Because that's really frustrating when you have to run out of stuff 
I think that's why this expansion, like the, having the range ability, not break combos. So oh, just in huge. general, movement across mm -hmm. the board and the ability across the board to not break your own combos in melee and tanks with ranged, it feels like they're now saying, be where you need to be. You've got all the time to get there. You're not going to break combos if you don't have to as melee to, to maintain constant global usage. So it feels like now if I'm making a mistake, it's my fault. And it feels like scholars leaning in on that, that mm -hmm. no, no, it's, if you're not where you need to be, that's that's your fault, um, which I think as a player is really empowering because it says like, okay, now I have, now I just need to learn where to be. It's not, oh, well, there's nothing you could do. That was just a bad, bad positioning. You're just going to die now. I, I think, like it. Oh, same. I'm thinking an even better example would be like E11S near the end, you have the electric cycles and that is a crap ton of damage and everyone needs to like get out and then the damage mitigation as well as the movement component, both of them come into play. And I think like that would be like an ideal scenario because even if someone's maybe not the biggest fan of the movement speed, I can say as someone that progged that and died probably 20 times on cycles that I would have taken expedient like bam, I would have been like, give me that <laughs> it's expedient is so funny because outside of our test with it when they showed it off during the job action trailer it does not show well at it all so bad it's like he ran out of an aoe like <laughs> way to adjust scholar i i think the one thing that <laughs> and i know uh, cole and i kind of talked about this a little bit briefly was the one thing that I was really kind of hoping for is a little bit more control over the fairy uh, going into Endwalker when going from uh, Stormblood into Shadowbringers, like it just was like okay, well I guess the it, the fairy's there, right? The same thing happened with me and Summoner on pets, so I was just like overall like well yeah like it's nice, but I really wanted a little bit more of that like targeted control, uh, especially like you know that's one of the strengths of the fairy Cardion or Cardian, whatever, however the correct pronunciation. Fusion, Fusion over on Aetherite Radio says that if we all know what you're talking about, you said it right. Oh, there we go. Okay, we'll accept it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fusion is, is blessed, then we're good. Uh, the uh, But the fact is that that seems to be that more targeted focus healing. And what I was actually, what I was surprised by with that is that it isn't a based off of the damage. It's just a 170 potency you know, cure uh, that, that's going out. So, But doing damage is actually then acting as that that heal and personally speaking i really i'm really excited by that to see how people adapt to it because i know right out of the gate like we struggled with it because it's you know you're still kind of trying to learn everything but when people really get to spend time with it i'm, I'm just wondering if that's going to be like oh do you like to be a green dps sage is is the choice you know is the better choice for you uh but i felt like everybody's just i love the the animations that they brought in like gravity 2 i loved how that looked holy three I'm guessing that's a tooltip error. <laughs> um, but, What's uh, two? Yeah, I know. It's like there's a couple spells that we just mm -hmm. skipped a whole level. And uh, and I was like, all right, that's how it is. Now, let's talk about Astrologian kind of as a focus, right? Mm -hmm. um, I felt like the card changes uh, are going to be really hard for me as a controller player. And so, like, I know in my specific video, like, I'm, I'm committed to rethinking and, and restructuring how I can get all that to work because... Now you have draw, you have un, you can redraw once per draw. You have undraw, you have play, you have your Arcania, you've got your uh, play Arcania, like, and then you have your divination, uh, which is completely reworked. It's, you know, I mean, I guess you know, changed and hopefully for the better. And then you have obviously the ability to play your your seals, and all of a sudden it's like, gosh, I'm looking at 
all of these skills just as a core mechanic. I'm not even in getting into damage rotations. I'm not even talking about basically healing, depending on what our Arcania I'm drawing. Um, Momo, like, the Astro <clears throat> has been this, like, preferred but also weirdly timed RNG job in, uh, in Shadowbringers, especially in the raid scene. Mm -hmm. Were these changes good for you, bad for you? What, uh, what's your take on, on the changes with Astro? Uh, overall, they're pretty good. Uh, the biggest issue, I was pretty harsh on the card system just because, um, so a lot of people like the RNG aspect of Astral Legion, and that's fine. But the thing that made Astral Legion okay was that they had way more opportunities to play around bad RNG, right? You not only had like multiple like three charge draw system or redraw system, I mean, uh, enabling you to redraw three times in a row to get like your preferred seal. You also had sleeve draw, which was changed in 5.3, I believe, to mm -hmm. be a guaranteed seal of your choice or, or for whatever you didn't have left, right? Um, so that was like your fail safe mechanic. They removed that and they removed your multiple redraws. So now you only get one redraw after every card, uh, which is going to feel really bad, especially because um, currently Astrodyne is just not that uh, strong when it comes to how much damage it provides to you. Uh, so, like, currently, like, in when in regards, this is, like, less important for, like, casual slash midcore players, but for, like, the high-end uh, optimization crowd, you're going to... Oh, no, I, I don't... Sorry, I didn't mean to say, I don't know if I said it wrong. No, I get but, it. You know what I mean, right? Like, like yeah. it's, it's just, not worth... going to be really, really good for... Um, we're not going to name names, <laughs> but Chris... No, like, no, no. no. If so, you're a bad Astro, I have great news. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't... Like, the thing is, like... A good card, a good like a properly timed card is going to be more impactful than sacking uh, a seal, right? Like it's, it can be better to do like a two unique seal than a three unique seal mm -hmm. just to get like a better uh, raid DPS from your your card, right? It's like that kind of that kind of stuff feels really awkward to to think about and to kind of feel out and like proper play. So like, I kind of hope they just let like the ideal scenario is they either change the redraw system or they give you sleeve draw back or they make it to where uh, redrawing gives you like a seal guaranteed seal of your kind. Though that would kill the RNG aspects, I don't think they would do that just because like that's kind of like the flavor of the job, right? It's like Astral Legion is the RNG uh, healer for for most people. Um, but if they do that, I think it'd be really good. Overall, though, the healing toolkit's awesome. The playstyle is really good. Um, some people complain about the minor arcana stuff, how it's like RNG as well. You can get like a lord, you can get a lady. Uh, it doesn't really affect me as much. I don't really care about that kind of stuff. I think it's kind of unique. Will it be annoying when it comes to like week one progression where you just you pull like ten ladies, don't get one lore, so you just miss <laughs> out like a like two K potency or something? Maybe. <laughs> but yeah. I, I like I think that, that happened though, to be happy on the tour. Yeah. He was trying yeah, to he ladies. was trying to get footage of the wrong one. Oh yeah. And he was said it? in the chat and he's like, So you know, pretty None. cool. I just pulled ten in a row. None late, nothing but ladies pulling <laughs> yeah. the um, I actually like that because I, I really didn't enjoy the Arcania change in uh, in, in Shadowbringers because I, I, I was just like, I, like I just it just didn't feel like significant or impactful, but now it's like, yeah, you get a you get a damage ability or you get an AoE heal ability. Like, it's like I, I just I actually kind of really appreciate that, even if mm -hmm. it's flipping a coin, even if it is all ladies one day. I'd rather Actually, I'd rather take that. You bring up a good point because um I forgot to mention this too, but now you have no option. So like you have you no longer have an option to sack uh, a card when you don't want to use it for a seal, right? So now you're forced into just using it for like even if you have three seals, let's say you're in a situation where you have three seals, you have three unique seals, mm -hmm. but now you have to throw another card out before you use your Astrodyne. Now you're put in a position where 
you're you you're forced into a two seal rotation because you're not you you cannot throw it at you you just cannot get rid of the card because you're not going to drop the card undraw is still really bad you're mm -hmm. never going to use undraw don't put it on your hot bar yeah i never <laughs> i never have but i was like good lord if i couldn't redraw and i'm just fishing yeah like would it that make sense i don't know <laughs> no it, yeah it's, it's it's a really weird situation i hope they change the rng aspect of the cards for sure but we'll see what about you cole where, where, where are you at with the jump with the Astra specifically, I, I need to mirror everything that was said. I, I also think, especially with Astrodyne, I'm actually going to pull it up here because I don't want to put my foot in my mouth here. That's fine. So Divination, I really love the change to that just being instant. Uh, okay, there, Astrodyne. So specifically, it says that it increases damage dealt, so by you, as an Ast, and mm -hmm. then healing potency by 5%. These numbers can always change, but as an Ast, your baseline damage is just not even in the same dimension as something like a dps like even compared to like scholar white mage and the other healers it's still so low their personal dps so i'm not incredibly impressed by that and it's just like what momo was saying it's just like you'd never want to undraw you will sacrifice that seal because like putting a card onto dps they're going to make so much more work with that or so much more rate dps contribution with that than you getting astrodyne and so i do see myself being a little frustrated with Astrodyne. My first take um, of when I read that ability was it's like super cool. It's going to be amazing. It's just like it gives me more MP regen. It's going to be giving me a little bit more spell cast time. But that 5%, I was like, I don't, I, I'm not yeah. the biggest fan. What, what of would that. make that then become a fan of it, right? So we talk about numbers can change. And so we look at the Astrodyne ability. Like what ends up making that uh, impactful a buff for you? So it's not going to be the healing potency because 5% increase, while I will take it, I'll absolutely take it. You can't rely on that because it's just like, if you start relying on that for a particular mechanic where you're just like, okay, my co-healer is going to be using Indom as a scholar, then I'm going to need to say, use Macrocosmos. And I know that those two, that ability is not going to change that. So the 5% healing is kind of, you can't depend on it. So it's kind of like, eh. I have to kind of toss that benefit but what would make that would be if it was like another damage buff for the party is that likely to happen no I don't I don't count that that's gonna happen yeah. so I'm not really sure how I'd take it with that the first two effects I will absolutely always take MP I will absolutely always take reduced cast time because that in itself will boost the damage and likewise if it stacks with that it does a bit more but it's like still when we're looking at a uh, fall malefic where is it here uh, it's doing 250 potency. I know that Scholar is doing uh, 295 with Broil. Um, Sage, I think, was quoted at. Sorry, I don't want to. 330. Oh, 330. Yeah. yeah. Which is like 250 versus 330. Like, that's significant. That's and that's going to, like, especially like in those in, in longer fights, it's just going to add up. I love that Sage was bringing a lot of damage options. I really it's actually was like. so cool. Somebody was like, is it just like one button? It's like, no, like at the end of the day, like it's going to boil down to a couple of buttons because healers don't have a lot of options, but I feel like they're getting more and more options than they had in, uh, in, in, in Shadowbringers. I felt like there was a massive homogenization of it. So I want to talk to you guys about that. When we had three healers, it, I think clearly I like the healing winners and losers, you know, was, was discovered pretty quickly. What do you guys think about, uh, the, the, the layout of the healers? going into uh into it with all four and the targeting um you know barrier versus pure uh should i go second or first uh i can, you can go, go first unless you're troubleshooting or i can give it over to chris we'll let uh, uh, sorry my camera just 
Oh All my right, god, uh, sorry. So, <laughs> I think the dichotomy between the healers is going to be pretty interesting because currently, uh, I'm sure if you've seen like the high-end runs, you actually see sometimes like a white mage and like a diurnal asher together, right? Mm-hmm. Two pure healers um, because they're just really efficient at... Uh, you know, Astra's really good at mitigating damage with, like, snapshotting CU and being able to apply barriers with neutral sect, which, you know, we could get into that as well, but... Um, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> yeah. No, that's still there, and the neutral sect's still there. They can still apply barriers. Oh, sorry, neutral. I was like, I, I was thinking the other sect. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Noct's gone, yeah. yeah. Um, but you actually might see a, like, like a, I guess, the scholar barrier duo uh, becoming, like, a real thing, depending on how the... Uh, fight design is, I guess, or fight encounters are designed. And I think it's going to be really interesting because, like, Scholar, Sage, there's nothing in their toolkits outside of, you know, the, you know how, like, Noct and Galvan, like, Noct Shields and Galvanize can't stack. It's the same thing with Sage. Um, and there's really nothing in their toolkit that implies that nothing else stacks. So if you can stack shields like that, because they both have some pretty beefy shields. So if you can stack, um, that's going to make them really strong in, in farm scenarios or even potentially progression scenarios. Uh, you know, if the fight uh, fight design, jeez, I cannot speak English today. Holy moly! <laughs> if the encounter design uh, welcomes it. So, as a casual player, um, I really didn't like the tank homogenization going into Shadow Raiders. Um, I was pretty outspoken about not liking tank stance um, because it just felt like we were making them all very, very, very similar, and we were removing a lot of what made the role itself feel unique compared to something like melee DPS, we're basically melee mm-hmm. DPS with mitigation instead of positionals. And so like, I, I was really frustrated with tank stance being added because it takes that enmity and it just kicks it off. Having gone into like Savage and stuff, there's some weird stuff that happens with, you know, tank stance and tank swaps, like when you're first learning to Savage tank. And so as a healer, like they said, hey, we're keeping these three and we're not gonna label them as anything because we wanna keep them unique. But what it ended up doing is it didn't end up doing that. Now they're all competing for being the exact same task. And so now it's just a, an optimization game where top end players say, hey, here's where we're at for, for farm. Here's where we're at for prog. Mm-hmm. And everything kind of gets slotted. Now we're in an incredibly balanced game. So this entire mm-hmm. discussion comes from a point of like, compared to other MMOs, we should really just have no complaints whatsoever. <laughs> Play what you want. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but yeah. as 14 players, of course, you know, even though we're near the sun, it does lack a slight bit of perfection and always will. Um, because your choice is either 100% homogenization or there will always be a theoretical best for a situation. Mm, exactly. Um, I think moving to two healers is really interesting. Uh, as I'm getting to know all the other jobs, one of the things I appreciate about the melee gear shenanigans that happens and is that it gives melee a chance to have some different personalities take place. And so tanks, like at the end of the day, if we added another tank today, it has to have a 10 second invuln, it has to have a gap closer, it has to have a ranged attack, it has to have, like, it, you know, it has to have, has to have, has to have. Well, then you don't really have that much flexibility when you design a tank because before you even decide what the theme is, we've already built out half of its hot bar and healers were kind of headed that same direction. But now you immediately say, okay, it's either personality A or personality B. So when you pick a theme, you know, like Gundam Laser, for example, you have a chance, <laughs> to, you have a chance to say, okay, is Gundam Laser better fit by theme A or theme B? And so you immediately build like a tiny bit of flexibility in because there might be things within what eventually becomes a pure healer kit mm-hmm. that doesn't have to exist in the barrier healer kit. So you mm-hmm. end up with something like Sage where you're like, oh, you, you, well, you have to put the direct heal in. Well, how do you direct heal with lasers? Oh, well, we just won't do 
as much emphasis on direct healing. We'll just call it a shield healer. So I really like it because I think it gives a chance for the healers to have like two different personalities. Mm -hmm. I am questioning what the meta is going to be because we've seen the meta decide, you know, like for example, everybody's going to want to play Sage. Do scholars <laughs> get slotted in Party Finder? No. Um, Scott, like, so it's, it's funny you bring it up the homogenization. Um, mm -hmm. Every healer actually has their strengths and weaknesses. Um, even if they are somewhat homogenized, which I think is gonna be really interesting. For example, um, Sage has very small radius heals. They, they don't have uh, as many 20 alms heals. They have Numa, which is really, really big, but that's their only like really big skill. Mm -hmm. All their other skills are 15 alms, which may not sound big in, in like when we're, when we're talking about it, but because Scholar has a fairy, which they can heal away from the party, which means for mechanics like, um, like Cole mentioned, the Thunder Cycle in E11, um, Scholar can handle that mechanic with ease, whereas Sage would have uh, much, you know, a, a harder time trying to deal with that. Uh, they also have uh, weaker shields. Sage can't can't apply as strong of shields as Scholar can. The Scholar oh, yeah. can just they can not only can they deploy um, crit crit adloquiums with ease now with recitation and deploy now being 90 seconds each. Um, they can also buff adlo. Uh, adlo buffing is more accessible because uh, your creation prognosis is an AOE. Um, that means if you want to buff that, you have to use AOE increasing uh, abilities like Fae Elimination, Mantra, Asylum, things like that. Whereas Adlocum gets affected by those as well, but it also gets affected by single target things like Thrill of Battle, Nature's Men, uh, Protraction. So like you can just continuously buff this Adlocum shield to monstrous potencies and just deploy like some half hp health bar shield to the party <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they, they have their strength and weaknesses um sage sage's biggest pro um is that it can heal or it can shield while on the move and heal technically mm -hmm. while on the move um which is something scholar can't really do i mean they can with like their instant cast but like they don't they can't gcd heal on the move without using swift cast mm-hmm Mm -hmm. So they have their pros and cons. Um, I think it's just going to be down to like whoever wants to play what and party finder. I don't think a healer is going to get slotted. I don't think the balance will ever get that bad again, you know? What, I, what I'm like... personally excited about, though, because when it comes to the balance, is that at, with three and not like when the fact that they did go away more from like, oh, pure versus, you know, barrier. Uh, now that with uh, Sage and, and Scholar and uh, White Mage and Astro, like from a balancing perspective, actually I'm less worried about it at all because they can look at white mage versus Astro and, and just make whatever tuning changes they need in the peer category. And then in the shield healing category, they can make whatever you know balance changes they need between those two. So you're not looking at, okay, how do we do this? Because you want to keep that what the, what makes the job unique, uh, you know, to the, to the role itself. But then, uh, you also want to make sure that it's not like, oh, yeah, clearly we do not absolutely take this job. And 14, like Chris said, it's like, you know, like it's <laughs> we're flying too close to the side. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. like we'll, we'll, it's when there's nothing to complain about. What what are we going to we're going to go find mm -hmm. an, a little enemy, a little a little thorn to sit here and, and bark <laughs> about. But I'm actually personally more excited by that, that change in which that it feels like, hey, they're going to try to pair us up with either one of the peers and one of the shields and having those work together obviously in in, in rating and having more pre-mades uh, that's going to be i guess where more any kind of meta forms over what works better for the party than anything else and uh people usually take you know oh that particular party is using this build that therefore it's the best and it's like well maybe maybe for you um mm -hmm. the best you're going to do better if you if you actually enjoy playing the uh the job than any, anything else exactly now, yeah cole did you want to uh, weigh in on this uh this homogenization topic don't worry about your camera 
Absolutely, and sorry about the camera, my god. <laughs> of course, it had to blow up, right? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. But um, yeah, in terms of homogenization, I think that the healers are extremely diverse, and that's something that I am actually very happy with. I know that Sage versus Scholar, like their toolkits are very similar. It's just like you look at the Aetherflow system, and then you look at the Adder's Gall. If I ever say Serpent Skull, that's because like I got the translation, so then I'm like, oh, it's got to be Serpent. Oops, I was wrong. But like those are incredibly, incredibly similar systems it's just like you look at fave blessing that's literally holism you look at physis that's literally whispering dawn uh, you look at the cardia system in general and i think that while it could be very awesome to like think about like oh okay you're like the dps healer and you're getting this really big benefit from doing dps well the scholar doesn't need to like dps in order to get their fairy to proc healing like the fairy is going to be doing it no matter what so the way i almost envision it especially like when i'm looking about progging especially when i'm looking to prog like dragon song war coming into endwalker i'm thinking i'm leaning more into scholar because i know when i'm progging a fight expecting myself to understand when and what i can get away with for dps is a lot harder so i'm looking at the sage and i'm just like this is going to be really really great when you can like optimize and like look more into that kit but i'm definitely thinking that the scholar will be like far better in terms of just like the flexibility so even comparing the two healers that are like the closest together it's just like there are definitely points within them that i think are very different especially when you even consider like the sage gets uh only toxicon which they need to have their eucrasian diagnosis shield breaks so their single target um shield break mm -hmm. that is um their only ability to actually cast while moving. And while a 1.5 second cast time, don't get me wrong, like you get a ton of movement. I love that on Ast right now. That's one of the things that made me such a huge fan of Noctast. But when you're like doing wide sweeping movements, sometimes just the flexibility of um, Ruin 2 is just so invaluable. And so the Sage doesn't really have an uh, equivalent that is like free. So they need their three charges, stack it up, wait for a mechanic, then they go Vroom. Uh, the Scholar doesn't really need to worry about that. But on the flip side, the Sage also gets the abilities um, Rizomata that gives them one stack of Adder's Gall, um, as well as Zoe, which is just going to like double the potency of healing um, of their next heal. Um, so that's kind of like taking the one single recitation ability from the Scholar that would give you like a free Aether Flow that you'd probably blow on an Indom and then a crit and cleaving it in two. So even, even with the two healers, I'd say are the closest together i'd say lots of differences which makes me incredibly excited um and then asked my god that is like the ogcd <laughs> pumps out heals like it's just like when you're talking about like collective unconscious and then like all these other off gcd aoe heals the white mages that i know are just like you know what i kind of want a bit more <laughs> off gcd aoe healing too um and especially Actually, to that point, when I'm thinking about barrier healers versus peer healers, I know as a scholar, I have been um, in the state that I call uh, running out of gas, where it's just like there's no aether flow, there's no cooldowns, and mm -hmm. you're kind of you're kind of out to lunch. And that's when I'm like looking at my co-healer, and I'm just like, help me, please. And then like a white mage just boom. And so I think going into Endwalker, the healers have such a good healthy spread. I'm very much excited for it. So based on kind of some of the optimization you guys are talking about as somebody that's, you know, I'll, I'll be taking those instant tank cues while everybody tries out Sage and Reaper. <laughs> um, so based on that, like as kind of a two part question, what is your, what is your go-to kind of healing partner setup, right? What are you going in as and who do you want with you going into P1S 
Um, P1S being the most, uh, it's just the largest invitation to the community to try out Savage. It's usually tuned, the first Savage of an expansion is usually tuned intentionally to try to invite people to try out Savage for the first time. So like, what is your go-to there? And then, at, you know, on the other side of that, if you know somebody is just getting into healing for the first time, does that change that answer? Does that change what healer you think has kind of the lowest skill floor? Because they've already said in an interview that like they're aware that Sage and Reaper is going to kind of ask a lot of somebody that maybe is first stepping into that role. It's funny you say that because I actually disagree. I think Sage is very beginner friendly. Um, the only complicated system around Sage is your equation diagnosis or your equation system. Mm -hmm. But overall, it's very, it's very much like White Mage. It's very straightforward. It's very easy to understand the abilities. There's nothing like super, like restrictive about it. Like for example, Scholar is very difficult. I still think it's probably going to be the most difficult healer to understand. Come in Walker, okay. just because you have so many components in its system that are fighting against each other. Like for example, you use dissipation. You no longer have access to your fairy. You no longer have access to generating fairy gauge. You use Aetherflow uh, on heals. You you lose damage with ED. Um, you know, you use Seraph, you no longer can dissipate. Um, you no longer have access to, um, like Fae Blessing, even though you have like Constellation to kind of make up for it. Like there's this little system, and you can't Fae Union as well. As well. Um, right, yeah. So you have like these little systems like fighting against each other that you, you kind of have to understand as a scholar where everything needs to be used and how everything interacts with its own toolkit. Whereas like White Mage and Sage, you just kind of press a button and you're kind of like done, right? Now, are there some complexities on both White Mage and Sage? Of course, right? Um, but they they flow very well. They're not restrictive, and that's like the big thing that makes Scholar very difficult as a new player. Like so many people will come into my chat and be like, you know, Scholar is really hard. Like, how can I do this? You know, like, you know, where should I use X ability? You know, why 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 can't I use my fairy during dissipation? Um, so it's just like it's it's really it's really it's 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 complicated because it's restrictive. That's how I feel um, like a lot about Summoner in uh, in Shadowbringers because mm -hmm. it's like okay, like you have these skills that can only be used, but then you're always wanting to bring out your Bahamut and your Phoenix, and that's going to turn this off. So if you got these, you got these windows that you got to slot these abilities in, so you get these stacks, so that way you can use these off these build like during this time, and they end up just feeling very like bouncing around. My my only concern with Sage is literally I just going to have to put a lot of time with it on the controller to make sure that mm -hmm. it's actually accessible and comfortable, and you're not like sitting here having to. Somebody asked, like, how do you move around and, and cast abilities on the D-pad when you're moving? It's like, oh my God. you have to, like, actively, like, mangle your hand <laughs> to do so. And it's not recommended. That's why I always put, like, any anything that can cast on the A, B, and X, Y buttons uh, or the, like, you know, the extended cross-op bar, et cetera. But it's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, like, I, I hear you. And whenever we get a lot of those abilities that you want to use on the move, it's like, okay, that's definitely lower priority on up, down, left, right for sure. So that's, yeah. yeah, that's my only concern for Sage for new players is that if they're like, I want to try healing now for the first time at level 70. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're not going to sink down. They're going to jump straight into level 70 content. They're not going to sink it down and get trickle fed. And like, I can tell you as a tank main, um, <laughs> new Sages week one have me incredibly nervous that they're going to be like, I put, I put healing dance partner on you. We're good. No, no, you got to do more than that. Like, like, we gotta do more than that. Um, so, like, I'm a little nervous about beginning sages, um, just because I think it is going to invite a lot of people in, and so like, there's going to be a lot of new things, and they only have so much skill set. But I think long term it'll work out. What do you guys think that? So, what's the pairing going into P1S then? Like, what's the pairing for maybe like people's first savage, and then what do you think like world first prog groups are kind of maybe considering? 
Um, Our group is looking at Scholar Astro or Sage Astro. Um, currently where it stands, I feel like Astro Legend is just a requirement. And in Walker, unless something... Of course, here's the thing, right? There's so many changes that happen between week one and week four of the expansion because... Yep. That's where all that, that's where they get the feedback, right? That's where mm-hmm. they get the criticism. That's where they like, okay, they look at what people are saying. They say, okay, well, a lot of people don't like this. You know, people aren't playing this job. This this job just doesn't do enough damage, like stuff like that, and they fix it, right? So it's very possible that this change is going into the actual uh, savage fight. Our group is looking at um, Sage Astro though, just because White Mage it got knocked down a peg uh, in terms of its its like recovery toolkit. Um, Thin air got nerfed pretty heavily oh, when it regards to emergency situations. I felt it needed that nerf though. Like at the end of the day, I've never felt pressed on White Mage if I'm managing, you know, Lucid and uh, Thin Air. You know, I'd so- agree. I'd agree if Astrologian wasn't as strong as it is. That's true. But because White Mage has the thing with Astrologian is like you said, they have a very, very, very strong off global healing toolkit. Astro or White Mage doesn't really have that. They have a size every 45 seconds, which is really strong. But then they have a 90 second Asylum and a three minute Lily Bell, which three is like you, com- kills it. <laughs> you compare that to something like Astrologian, who has like Star, Collective, CEO, and Horoscope all on 60s, and they also have Macrocosmos and Lady of Crowns potentially. And it's just like it's it's kind of unfair in that regard. So like to for Scrying to nerf White Mage's like uh, identity of being a very strong GCD healer, like because they they have the strongest GCD heals. They after they're done with their off GCD healing, they fall back on their GCDs, and like that's what their core strength is. And for like Scrings to nerf that, I think that was a pretty big mistake. Uh, but we'll see how that goes in you know yeah. playing it in Walker. Yeah, anything can that... change from now. Go ahead, Echo. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, it, it, that's one thing that actually really kind of um, made me a little frustrated with the White Mage nerfs was, oh, Thin Air specifically, my apologies. And I think the charge is, is really good because that gives you the flexibility. It's just like if you mm-hmm. want to pair it at this moment or that moment, you can do that. But in general, it's just like off GCD heals are free. Whereas the White Mage, it's just like in order to pump out something, not only are they sacrificing the GCD cast, but now they are also getting like huge MP costs. And just pulling up some of the tooltips, it's just like, Comparing like the Ast's Helios, which is at 700 MP, to uh, White Mage's Medica, it is at 1K. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. I, th- I think I said that twice, but like that's 300 more MP just for like the exact same heal. And then you need to also factor in the fact that the Ast also gets the Astrodyne ability, which is only two seals. So it's actually no, that's the first seal. My apologies. So they're guaranteed always to have an extra MP recovery tool. And I think that um, White Mage is actually one that I am a little bit nervous about. Ironically enough, going into Pandemonium, my boyfriend's looking at playing White Mage. I am looking at playing Sage. Um, although I'm thinking it will depend, depending on the fight, what I do. I'm going to be both um, Sage and then Scholar. And depending, it's like if one needs me on Scholar for Expedient, then I'm going to do it. Then I'm going to do Sage. It, it's really going to depend on the fight. But I know that um, he's determined to do White Mage and hoping that it works. <laughs> but um, hope it works every y'all in that regard yeah i hope so but even things like afflatus misery it's literally 900 potency i just wanted to double check uh, it's just like glare right now got a potency boost even and so now with afflatus misery it was how i at least viewed it was always like a damage recuperation tool just like you are forced at as a healer <laughs> to sometimes heal and so sometimes you need to pull out afflatus solace or afflatus rapture combine it with plenary indulgence for healing and so i really thought about it as like a way to recuperate that um and it's just like it takes the white mage down a peg and even though it's not the way to weave definitely especially not with the 1.5 second time like dia is getting its baseline potency just for like the initial tick from 120 to 60 potency which i am 
not really the biggest fan of because at least you had something it's not optimal but it was something so uh, i'm a little nervous as well as like lily bell i think that it's going to be such a brilliant effect like i'm thinking about like combining the sage's panheima shield which is never mm -hmm. going to result in the overhealing with this lily bell it's just like if there's success of incoming mechanics it's it's like those two healing field ends is literally going to laugh i do wonder especially when it comes down to like ff xiv analytics like you know when it comes to overhealing one of the things that mm -hmm. we talked about the Brayton, I know more breaking combos with range. I think that's going to be great because now when I see that I broke a combo, like that's on me. That's not like, Hey, you know, it's like, I was that or get out of bad and die. It's mm -hmm. like, clearly that was the right call. But you know, like from a, from that perspective, it's going to be really good to see. Now, a final question for the, for the panel here, uh, Paul in chat says, do you guys think scholar could become another damage based healer with one fairy based on healing and another on damage i don't think they'd ever allow that because it would force the scholar to almost purely go into the damage just for optimization and trying to clear quicker i i wish that they would because that was one thing I actually brought up earlier i was like i want to see a differentiation between the fairies again but i know if you gave Celine a damage buff the groups would probably look at you and be like oh why do you need to rely yeah. on eos why are you such a bad healer we want the dps so that we can get higher parse speed kills or just uh, even beat in rage times it'll become more of a matter of like everyone's looking at the scholars like are you this bad at scholar that you need eos unfortunately <laughs> what do you think momo um uh, so i mean just trying to like trying to form other words here when talking about because we're still talking about like the bounce right yeah yeah the I really don't know how to like, cause I'm like, I don't want to like, like I'm very careful with my words just because like, I know how impressionable things are when it comes to like stuff like this. Cause like, you'll see something like somebody will say something and I'll be like, they'll, they'll go running with it. Right. They'll, they'll be posted on Twitter. You know, they'll have like a twit longer written, you know, post it. <laughs> oh God, like, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, maybe um, I should have thought before I said, <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. Yeah. Let's, um, yeah, no worries. <laughs> when we, when we talk about like the, the white mage, right. Um, I think it's very core to focus on like what Cole said about the um, MP economy of white mage. Uh, like Cole said, Helios is 700. Medica one is 1000, you know, cure three being 1500 and then Medica two also being 1300. Yeah. That's like, that's a, that, those are pretty steep numbers and it feels like and they didn't get nerfed either. They, they're, they're the same or I should say buffed in this case, but they're the same going into Walker. And if they're going to nerf thin air, then they need to reduce the cost of Medica 1, Medica 2, and Cure 3 to compensate for that nerf. Otherwise, it's just going to be really bad when you actually have to use thin air for like recovery and like you use one Cure 3 and like you're just out of mana, mm -hmm. right? It's just, it, it's, it needs to change for sure. Um, in terms of progression, I don't. Like white mage is really strong still for progression. Um, it has its strengths over astrologian. Like it can do burst healing in, in, in more intervals than astrologian can. Astrologian can do really high burst healing amounts every two minutes with neutral sect. But outside of that, you know their GCD heals aren't going to be as strong as like a cure three. Um, but they also have temperance too. And temperance is really strong because not only does temperance increase your healing, but it also gives you the one of the longest mitigation sources in the game or r longest radius mitigation sources in the game, being at twenty or sorry thirty ohms. And uh, that's actually really strong, especially in things like, uh, for example, we use it in T, where, uh, you know, the party's spread out during uh, wormhole, right? And, uh, uh, you know, it's a 
people across the arena, you know, the arena is like what, 35, 40 ohms wide, I think. Mm -hmm. So like that tempers is covering pretty much the whole entire arena and it's going to be mitigating, you know, some of the slashes and the, uh, when people collapse back in middle for the, the big stack at the end, uh, it's going to cover that as well without needing to like time, like a mitigation source running in. So it's, it's really strong certain scenarios. It's also uh, 20 seconds long, which means it's going to, you know, be able to rack up those multi-hit instances of damage to, you know, further in reduce the cost of, you know, your, your HP pool. Something that, you know, Astrologia can't really do because CU is only a five second snapshot and neutral sect is barrier heals, which means they're only going to uh, last for like one hit because most AOE damage in this game is going to break that shield in one hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really just becomes down to if they fix White Mage MP, maybe they'll become a contender. If not, then pro we're probably going to stay with Astro Scholar. Um, now, Sage is also a contender in there. Sage is going to be really weird, though, because they are also in this weird spot with their MP. Um, currently, they're you know a little bit on the, I guess, deficient side. Mm-hmm. Alongside White Mage, um, now that can also be very. To be noted, that can easily be fixed with any any sort of balance <laughs> patching, um, but that MP is actually an issue, and they kind of lack the recovery potential Scholar has, just because um, a lot of people sleep on Dissipation, but Dissipation is a very very strong recovery tool, and that can save runs and progression. Because the thing is, once Sage dies, the only ability they have that is actually you know Scholar also has a correspondent to is Recitation and Rizumata. Um but they don't have anything that can give them three stacks instantly, instantly like dissipation can. Right. Mm -hmm. I also kind of to build off of uh, when you were talking about temperance range, that's actually going to be one thing that is going to be very different um, between Sage and Scholar because like with the fairy placement, as you well know, like you can place like in the middle of the arena, you can pop like Sarav, she's going to cover the entire thing. Whereas mm -hmm. like your body can be like way out uh, I also think that's actually going to be one of the nice things about White Mage versus um, Astro is just Lily Bell. You can place it down like a totem, and it it has the ability to kind of like extend how far they could reach. Where I think that the Ask might have a little bit of a trick there too. Yeah, Lily Bell's really oh, go strong. Go ahead, Lily Bell's really strong too because um, as of now, we're assuming it doesn't scale with. Uh, we, we're assuming it's pet potency like Earthly Star and. Um, the fairy, mm -hmm. which is really strong because if it is pet potency, that means it's not going to scale with weakness or brink of death, which means it's going to be a, just a flat heal regardless of, you know, if you have any uh, reduced stat weights uh, because you're, you're dead or maybe there's like a mechanic that, you know, reduces your healing or something like that. Yeah. I guess we'll have to obviously wait and see what happens ultimately with, with Endwalker as we know that from the buffs and the changes and the potencies and all that, like all that is subject and probably will mm -hmm. uh, change, especially in the four weeks after the launch up to uh, the Savage Raid uh, release uh, over That's the holidays, which will be interesting. Um, I think for <laughs> me, like if I was just going to have a wish for Scholar, it would be that they would have ended up, they would have ended up uh, incorporating Bane into it. It, it wouldn't be necessarily yeah. for raids, but for like dungeons and stuff. Uh, I just miss it. <laughs> Still miss it to this day. Uh, same thing Stay with protect. I'm, I'm glad for the uh, for the lost actions, and maybe that would be something that we see incorporated, you know, at some point down down the low, uh, the road of bringing back some of these old these lost abilities that have uh, have faded. But um, with that, we've actually come to the show. I've got a uh, I've got a picnic with my with my daughter here in uh, in a little bit. So what I want to do is just give everybody the opportunity to. Tell people what they're excited about, what they're working on, and we'll start with Cole, and we'll go to Momo. And actually, I'll just set it up so that we kind of have a little, uh, little clockwise thing happening here. Uh, 
Cole, man, uh, what, what are you excited about most and uh, and where can people find you? Uh, definitely. So what I'm excited about most is it, I'm honestly excited just for healing in general. I'm looking at power leveling the Sage first, then getting the Scholar up there, just seeing really what Endwalker has to offer. I think that the story is going to be deeply upsetting as expected. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Um, I think that it's just going to be so just such a ex wonderful experience this is my first expansion that i'm like a content creator and just seeing like the like discord server and people wanting to do these things is so exciting um so where you can find me at though is going to be at my youtube channel colevix i am going to try to stream sometime soon i don't have anything official yet um as well as i have uh, kind of launched it's still an alpha um i have developed my own website called evix.gg um where i'm just trying to like post a few articles uh, just get some guides out and yeah so that's um like my pet project and hoping that that really pans out another thing that i'm working on is my camera that is over <laughs> but yeah that's all for me all right momo you're up um i'm pretty excited to, i'm actually really excited to see how scholar and sage interact that's like my biggest curiosity right now um because i think they're going to be really fun to play because their toolkits very like they, they kind of harmonize with each other very well too um, they kind of, they, which is ironic because they're both barrier healers, but they play off each other's strengths and weaknesses, which is really cool to see. So I'm actually really hoping they can play together. Um, really hoping Swearing doesn't add any restrictions, like maybe like a play buff for like pure and barrier healers. I think that'd be disastrous. But mm -hmm. um, I'm really looking for that. Uh, in terms of, I guess, projects, you know. Most of my projects will just be uploaded on to my YouTube. I stream every every weekday almost, uh, starting at t 2 p.m. Uh, EST. You can find me over at twitch.tv slash FFXVMomo. And um, yeah, we have big plans going into Endwalker, mainly focusing on the healer role. But um, who knows, maybe there'll be some stuff here and there about like tanks and DPS. And Chris, you're up, man. Uh, I mean, keeping it on the subject of healer, like I think coming out of Shadowbringers, um, from the way we interact with healers, instead of just asking healers to adjust, like I think Deliberum was probably my single favorite uh, mechanic. The twice come ruin is probably my single favorite mechanic in in keeping people honest um, in saying like, no, I can't heal you if you just keep standing in things. Uh, so, <laughs> like without seeing any of the Endwalker content, it's really hard for me to understand what these healer changes mean, especially as just a casual healer. I've never healed Savage. Like I, I don't know how to read all this, so I have to go consume people like Momo and Cole's content and say like, okay what is this telling me? Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think the first dungeon punched differently than the, than the first dungeon they showed us last time. So I'm looking forward to the healer changes, uh, mostly because like, I think it's the hardest role for me to gauge what it feels like without being in content and hates that other half. So I am, I'm looking forward to getting into actual content and leveling it up. I will still be a tank main, so that's not changing. So that that wasn't going to change unless they literally deleted my warrior soulstone. So that that was there was no way that was changing. And that was before I found out that I have primal rend amazingness. So I am looking forward to getting in Walker and getting into content, seeing pandemonium uh, over the holidays, watching people just dump all kinds of time into what I hope is a really great world first race. Uh, I enjoy watching it, no intention in taking part, and uh, we'll be along for the ride. Absolutely. Guys, you're already in the right place here, Ginger Gaming Radio, or you can check us out also on Work to Game, Gaming Kinda, Ginger Prime, Call Evix, and FFXIV Momo. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being awesome. This has been the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show. If you did, be sure to leave it a like, subscribe if you haven't already, 
and just generally have an awesome day. We thank you for watching, listening, and being you. Until next time, take care.